What's going on, crew? Welcome to Cross Platform, where esports, entertainment, and business connect. So incredibly excited that you guys have decided to join us on this journey. We are going to be having tons of fun guests, tons of fun interaction, talking about some of the more exciting industries on the planet. Again, thank you so much for joining us on Cross Platform. Let's get into it. All righty. Brett Diamond, you are live on LinkedIn. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Life is good. Life is good in my world. It's, it's actually, I don't even, I mean, it's good in my world because I was sitting in the Coliseum last night and got to have a terrific Ravens five touchdown experience, which I know you're a, you're a fan of a different purple now. I'm not even high this morning. You know what? The, as you know, and as I'm sure we're going to talk about, we have some we have some mutual ties to the Ravens, and so there'll always be a special place in my heart for that team. So yeah, nice to nice to see him doing well this year. I was going to say it was uh, it wouldn't be too bad to see a purple Super Bowl down in uh, down in South Beach in a couple a uh, couple months. Oh, that would be crazy! You wouldn't be able to tell you wouldn't be able to tell who's who. <laughs> Well, um, I appreciate you hopping on this morning. I know you guys are incredibly busy with what you're working on up in Minnesota with the Rocker. Um, we had been connected via mutual relationship with Deanna, my former manager at NFL On Location, who spoke outrageously highly of you. I wonder, I, I, I hope she's tuning in this morning. I sent her the link. Um, oh, we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to give her, uh, we'll have to give her a hard time if she's not. Well, I tell, well, so one thing you'll have to do for me <laughs> is once, once we're done here, you have to make her do this because I have brought this up to her and she literally is like, I don't know how to work LinkedIn. I won't be able to figure it out. I'm like, that is just full BS excuses. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to stand for it. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, well, great, man. It's great to have you this morning. Um, for the crowd and the crew, just so you know, my audience is a little, uh, it's uh, young entrepreneurs, people who are interested in esports, um, guys who are looking to break into the esports industry. I talk a lot about networking and, and career growth. So if you wouldn't mind giving a rundown of your career uh, and where you are now and what you're doing, I think that would be, that would be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So um, currently the COO of the Minnesota Rocker and Wise Ventures Esports, which is the esports organization that was started um, by the Wilf family, um, along with uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, who's on board as, um, as an investor. Um, we, we launched the organization um, on July 1st, and I was probably on board for about two months prior to that. And there was a group, um, you know, a group at our parent company that had been working on it for, for, a, couple, for a while prior to that even. Um, so we've been in a full sprint for the past, uh, you know, past six months or so. Um, and obviously, I mean, now everything's public. We've got the brand out there. We're excited about that. Um, you know, rosters revealed. So, you know, schedule announced, hosting the first event. And we'll talk about all those things. But it's, you know, it's been it's been a fun run, really, to get to this point where now we're flipping from, okay, you know, long-term planning and thinking about how you announce all these key pieces to now it's all out there. And now we're, um, now we're looking ahead to the season. We're looking ahead to our first event um, and we're, we're ready to go. But to add, you know, your question on, on my background. So before, before this, 
I was with uh, the Minnesota Vikings for the past three years um, in a partnership strategy and special projects role. Um, and as most people probably know, the Will family um, owns the Minnesota Vikings and owns Minnesota Rocker, um, our organization. Um, so before the Vikings, I spent 11 years at the NFL at the league level in their events department. Um, so, you know, especially for, you know, kind of the, you know, the younger crowd, um, you know, when you're at a place for 11 years, you, you do a lot of different things over that time. Um, started out in very much a you know, operations and logistics role. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that, Herb, because that ties back to some of our mutual, our mutual uh, former <laughs> employers. Um, but started out in very much an operations and logistics role, um, working on major events, the Super Bowl um, draft, uh, the NFL's first few London games, uh, when the stadium was a part of those, which was, which was really cool. Um, and then over the course of, of time, um, started to transition into um, a little bit more of a business, um, a business oriented role, working on things like a Super Bowl bid process, um, eventually taking on oversight of the Pro Bowl for the NFL from the event side, um, and was the lead on that event for a couple of years um, before moving over to the Vikings. So, um, you know, that's uh, that's the that's a quick and dirty version of it. And, you know, when 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 you're ready, we can talk about what preceded that, because that's the fun part of the conversation whenever you and I talk. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, well, you know, the, uh, just because I, um, you know, career growth and you know, early work is, is one thing we typically talk about um, on this channel, I'd love to hear and, and, you know, maybe share some stories about the early, the early days of how your career got started um, and how you kind of broke into the NFL. Because I think there's, right now, there's definitely a crowd of guys who are either starting something within esports or they're getting, you know, they're, they're kind of looking at esports from the sidelines and they're trying to figure out, you know, how do I break into this thing? And uh, that's a lot of what I, what I talk about in here. So if, like your, your early days, the internship days, uh, yeah. what, what do you have? <clears throat> Yeah, so I got I got my start um, back in. It's gonna date me a little bit, so uh, maybe I won't say the year. Um, but no, I started um, as an intern. Did a couple summer internships. Um, I went to college in the D.C. area, uh, George Washington. Um, did internships with um, with the Redskins and then the Ravens, um, which you know I don't know if your listeners know, but that you you eventually interned there as well uh, a little bit later. Um, so I was I was an operations intern at the Ravens in the summers of 2002, and then came back for 2003. <clears throat> which uh, you know, for people who might not know, um, I was interning for um, for the people that were responsible for all the logistics that went into um, went into training camp back then. The Ravens trained at uh, um, McDaniel College in Westminster, Maryland, and so when a team goes away for training camp, they move all their stuff up there, and so they need a bunch of interns just run around guys to. Now, yeah, sorry, what's up? So your job was a lot harder than when I was there. Ah, yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> you know, so you know, they're basically just a run around guy, right? It's you know, it's okay. We need you to hand out credentials, or we need you to, you know, to go, you know, help move the tarp off the field. It was a lot of driving players to and from the airport. Um, you know, which is not the most cheery thing when you're when you're driving to play at an airport, driving to the airport, a player who uh, who just got cut. That's you know that's a tough situation. But um, but it was an incredible experience. And you know, just to your to your question on you know what you learn and take away, and and you know if you're young and you're either you know in an internship or in an entry level role, 
you know, the, the biggest thing you can do is just absorb it all. And there are so many things throughout my career that I learned then that I didn't even realize I was learning, but just by paying attention and, um, you know, just to give a specific, uh, I, I like to tell this story. Um, so my, my boss, um, Bob Eller, who's uh, VP of operations, um, the first day I'm sitting at my desk and he, and then uh, he wasn't in the office. And so I get a call and I, you know, this was again dating myself when people actually like took phone messages on the little pads. Um, so, so I write down, okay, you know, it's, it's heard May and you know, what is you know what's it regarding i he said you'll know and he said you have his number so i'm just like okay yeah like I, I took a pretty thorough message i wrote the time down i wrote the name down i'm feeling pretty good about myself on my first day so i go and i hand it to him uh, when he gets back and he just points at it and says you see all these lines here they're all here for a reason <laughs> fill them out like i have his number i do but but I don't want to spend the, you know, I don't have the, it's much easier for me to have the number in front of me than look it up. And what's he calling about? I want to know what he's calling about. You better believe after that, I took the best damn phone messages the rest <laughs> of my career. Even, even today, if, if, somebody, if like somebody calls our office and has a wrong, I mean, we're all on cell phones, but if somebody were to call with the wrong number, I'd take the most detailed phone yeah, message right, right, for, right. Like, the, for the person in the office next to me. Well, um, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's so, it's so great to just like you know what just to be able to share that with share that you know kind of early experience with you just because when I talk to a lot of young guys who are coming out of college and they're looking for a little bit of direction whether it's sports or whether it's just overall sales a lot of what I say is I mean obviously it's trick it's definitely tricky to get an internship with the NFL I was crying a lot and my internship was during the year of the lockout so I got pretty lucky. Um, but, uh, I say to a lot of guys, you know, the, the minor league, uh, baseball thing is pretty, uh, pretty impactful just because you get so much exposure and so much exposure. So these early internships with pro teams where, you know, it's operations. I mean, I was a scouting intern, but I mean, I was doing a lot of operation stuff. It really is just kind of one of those opportunities where it's going to be really, really terrible work. It's your feet are going to hurt at the end of the day. It's not going to be fun, yep. but you have to be the guy that just raises your hand and says, it doesn't matter what you want. I will do it because that's the best way to, to kind of get your mindset right for the rest of your career. No, that's a hundred percent right. And, you know, minor league baseball, if you're, you know, if you're in college, college athletic departments are huge. I mean, I've, that's one of the first things I look for on a resume. Um, you know, pretty early when I was with more when I was with the Vikings, but even now, uh, if somebody has college athletic department experience or major league baseball experience, um, you know, there are times where that can be, you know, even more valuable than you know than major league sports experience because people in those roles are wearing so many hats and doing so many things. Um, and they're you know somebody that. Um, somebody that we hired as an intern when I was at the NFL. Um, and this is, you know, this is kind of a, a little bit of a story of how sometimes a resume tells a story that you don't even realize. Um, so someone we hired um, as an intern at the NFL who ended up um, coming on full time and, um, and is still there doing, you know, doing awesome work. And you know, it's been a couple of years since I left, but um, was, you know, was one of the rock stars of, of the events department when I was there um Ashton Ramsberg. So when we were when we were interviewing her, um, 
one of the things that stood out on her resume to us was the fact that she had worked in the athletic department. Um, or no, I'm sorry. She had interned for done game day internships for the Steelers in college while, while uh, going to college at West Virginia. And he kind of did the math on that. And, and it occurred, it kind of occurred to us that, you know, that meant that after like a Saturday night when most college kids are like going out all night, like she was, you know, like Sunday morning, you know, waking up at probably 5 a.m. to drive to Heinz Field to do, you know, to just do whatever it was the Steelers needed to do. Um, you know, and that's something that, you know, stood out on our resume much more than, you know, than just like, oh, it was an internship. But it was like what framed the internship and what um, what went on around it. And we hired a couple of people here. Um, not here, sorry. Um, when I was at the Vikings, we hired a couple of people that had um, college athletic department experience. Um, because at the end of the day, it's all the same stuff. You know, you're, you know, you're doing the same things, whether you're um, working for, you know, a, a traditional sports team, a college athletic department, minor league baseball team, those, you know, people think those, those skills aren't transferable to other things. You know, they are, whether it's, I mean, really anything in kind of the entertainment industry, the skills can all be pretty similar. Um, you know, whether it's traditional sports, esports, um, you know, I've never worked at a, you know, on a movie set, but a lot of those things, a lot of the basics of it in terms of, you know, what you need to accomplish, communicating, um, bringing a team together, all pretty similar. Now, there's obviously nuances. And if you're looking to, you know, be on the competitive side of any of those things, that's where the paths differ greatly. But if you're working to looking to be more on the business or marketing side, um, it's, you know, there, those skills are all very transferable, whatever you're doing. Well, I think the other thing too, is that it's so fast paced, right? And something just, if there's something out there that needs to get done, just from the overarching standpoint of working early in sports is that if there's something that needs to get done, you got to raise your hand and do it. And you've got to act quickly because the more and more you delay, the honestly, the more and more trouble you can get in if things don't oh, get done. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, literally every, every time that I've been in a bad spot in my career, it's because I didn't move quickly on something and I didn't move quickly enough to address it or inform others or communicate it or elevate it. Um, you know, literally every, every issue. Sometimes that's because you're trying to find exactly the right answer, but you sit on something too long and now it, now it's a bigger issue than it would have been. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's, yeah, that's very smart advice. Uh, well, it, I, it goes back to a story that like transfers into an on-location story, but when I was with the Ravens, so I was, I was giving, you remember Jarrett Johnson, an outside linebacker for the Ravens, big, big sure. Alabama grad, uh, played with the Ravens forever. And so I'm handed his game check. I've got to, I've got to get in his truck, drive to his house. He's practicing, give and exchange cars with his wife. <laughs> and so I go out there <laughs> and I take the check back to Jarrett. And I then, I, I leave the check in the other car, his game check, which I don't even know how much that was worth at the time. Um, but I get back and I'm like, I don't have the check. So I've got like, I don't know how much time that I have, but I just completely blew the doors off of my car in Owings Mills, Maryland, just just <laughs> going over me and finding, I was like, gotta get this check and figure it out. But it was just like one of those things where it was, uh, it, it just it just taught me to act I'll never forget it. It just taught me, like, if I'm in a tight scenario, I just need to go to the point where my most recent stories, when I was, when I was with on-location experiences, 
we're in Minnesota or no, we're in Houston. Um, and I'm about, we're driving $75,000 worth of Super Bowl tickets to a hotel that we have to drop off. I have my manager in the, in the front seat with me. I'm driving all over Houston. We, we get to a toll and naturally I don't have any change in the car because who has change ever for tolls. And so we're sitting there, I don't have anything to pay and she's freaking out because we've got to be there in five minutes. So I throw the car in park. I get out of the car. I run back to, uh, and my manager's freaking out. She's like, why are you leaving the car? She's, <laughs> I run is back. This, is, this, is this Deanna? No, this is, Deanna. this is Jen Renzulli. This is Don Renzulli's daughter. Okay. Um, so I'm you know, still freaking out. And I have to run back to a car. I'm like holding up $2, looking for change. They don't take me for myself. <laughs> anyway, when it comes down to oh, it, wow. really internships, and no matter whatever you're doing, uh, you know, I know we're talking a lot about traditional sports because I knew we'd end up doing it. But no matter whatever you're doing in these early internships, it one thing I always taught is that if there's a job that comes up, just raise your hand. I'll yep. do it and figure it out. And it will set off kind of you know the way you operate through the rest of your career, no matter what role you're in, whether it's an internship to a, a COO role, right? Where I'm sure you're yeah. getting a lot of like, there's a lot of roles that jobs that you're doing right now that you didn't think yeah, no, I mean that's that's one hundred percent right. I think every every opportunity that I've had in my career, it's been because I've looked at the situation and the department I was in, and raised my hand for something that where you know just looking for gaps, right? Um, and most of the time, it wasn't things that a lot of people were you know were trying to do. Is more looking at a situation and saying, you know, here's something that I'm interested in, and either just telling you know tell your boss, tell you know if you you know if you have access to you know, kind of to have those kind of conversations. Hopefully, you know, hopefully everyone has a boss that's supportive of those, you know, of what you want to do and what you want to accomplish. But I was very fortunate throughout my career um, to always have um, to have bosses and risk managers and bosses, bosses um, who were open to those type of conversations. But, you know, when I, you know, pivot points that I look back on in my career where, you know, again, I was I started off in a very operations and logistics focused role, and then was you know was trying to pivot to more of a business role. Um, so to do that, you have to find a project that you know that stretches you and gets you out of your comfort zone. So you have to number one, be willing to do that, and then two, have like I said, the you know the support, um, you know the higher ups to do those things. Um, you know, but kind of the, the first pivot for me was was starting to work on. I mentioned earlier, but the Super Bowl bid process, which is a fascinating, you know, fascinating process, and you know, essentially, um, you're you know, you're working on behalf of the NFL with teams that teams and cities that are on the Super Bowl, and it's a 200 page legal documents. You're working on legal things. You're working on financial analysis, and you're helping put presentations together. Um, but I got involved in it because it was something that I found interesting sensed that the person that was overseeing it um, could use just a limp, you know, could just use an extra hand on things. And I said, Hey, can I help, you know, can I help you out? Um, you know, and, and my, my joke at the time when I was early, I started off as when I started in the NFL events department, I started as my boss's assistant. Um, so I was literally, you know, I made the taking phone message joke, but it, it came in handy. Right. Um, you know, so I was taking phone messages and booking travel and doing expenses. Um, uh, Bill McConnell was his name, um, or is his name. I actually saw him a couple weeks ago at the Vikings Cowboys game. But you know what Bill was great about was saying, okay, as long as you're doing the job I need you to do, you know, let me know what you're interested in, and we'll get you involved in other stuff. Um, and so the way I kind of viewed things was nine to five, I was Bill's assistant, right. 
And then like five to nine, it wasn't literally five to nine, but you know, my joke was like 5 a.m. 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. or 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. That was time to like work on other projects that went outside of my core job responsibility. Um, you know, and got a chance again, it had very supportive, um, you know, higher ups that, you know, Frank Spavitz was the head of the events department at the time. Eventually, Peter O'Reilly took that over. Um, and I mean, he's an amazing leader still there. Um, you know, all very supportive of, you know, of staff that wanted to branch out into other things. Um, and I think all of those, you know, those pieces are all part of what I work on now. Um, you know, leading the day to day of this organization, it takes a little bit of, you know, what I learned as a, you know, run around operations guy at Ravens training camp and at Super Bowls. Um, you know, the, you know, when we were going through negotiating the legal documents with Activision, you know, a lot of that, you know, felt yeah. similar to some of those Super Bowl bid discussions. Um, late in my late in my time at the NFL, um, kind of having a you know a project manager role um, on something like the Pro Bowl, a lot of moving pieces. That's kind of the closest analogy to day to day what we're doing, where we have a you know now we have a staff and you know a million things need to get done every day and figuring out you know just who's doing what and the most efficient ways to do it. Um, you know, so all of those things ladder into um, into those experiences that you know if I had if I hadn't had the opportunity to my I guess my broader point is if I hadn't had the opportunity to take on different, you know, almost like side projects beyond my core job responsibility early in my career, um, I, I would not have developed the skills sure. that I would, that I needed to do this job. Yeah. Well, let's, let's pivot into this job um, and what you're doing now, because I think uh from somebody like myself who comes from traditional sports and uh, you know kind of a diverse background in it, uh, I think I, I always kind of I continue to bump into the conversation uh, of <laughs> there you go, <laughs> nice that's, a, that's some Minnesota Vikings hand right there. Yeah, yeah, I caught, I caught it, I caught it, didn't fall. <laughs> um, but I, I continue to kind of bump into the conversation of. Um, Esports needs to mirror after traditional sports to be successful. And from coming from traditional sports, I actually initially thought that as well. There's, but the more and more I've gotten into it now, it's been a long seven to eight months. It couldn't be farther from the truth. That, yeah, yeah. There's a couple things that can be learned and studied and mimicked. But quite honestly, if that's the stigma with some people, it's, uh, it's just not, not accurate, right? Um, so I, I'm curious on your thoughts. I know it's super, super broad, but I'm curious on your thoughts on that topic and, and being in it now, what your thoughts are. Yeah, look, I think anybody that's coming in to the esports scene saying we need to make it like traditional sports is missing the point. Yeah. Right. And I think anybody that comes into anything new, which, you know, frankly, I I was um when I took on this role and, you know, as an organization, um, you know, I'll just even take a step back. You know, for us, we're the of the of the twelve teams in the Call of Duty League. Um, Ten of the twelve have teams in Overwatch, so they're already in an Activision Blizzard league. Um, the other one, the London team, um, you know, their parent company has a long history in esports. So we were really the only team that was truly building it from the ground up. And they're, you know, you know could talk for hours about kind of what went into that and, and, and the different permutations of it. Um, but so we, 
you know, we came into it and we, we did not come into it saying, okay, we have all the answers um, for esports just because we've had success um, as, you know, whether the ownership group with the Vikings, um, you know, or, or myself in my career at the NFL level, you know, we came into it saying, you know, we're, we're proud of what we bring to the table and we think that we can add value um, to the league and to the scene. Um, but the most important thing was coming into it with humility and, and learning and listening. And, you know, we met with a lot of people, um, you know, basically anybody that, you know, anybody that we could, I mean, the first few weeks after we announced, it was literally like we were, you know, what it, almost every day it was just wall to wall with just talking to people. And it was, whether it was, you know, the COO of another team or, you know, like just, you know, whoever, you know, a lot of just miscellaneous people who, you know, who DM'd us on Twitter or LinkedIn and, and, you know, said, Hey, we'd love to chat. And even a lot of those conversations were educational. And, you know, frankly, I wish we could still be doing more of those conversations than we are. It's just, you know, it's a um, little, little busier than we were the, you know, when we first announced. Um, but, you know, to your, to your overall point, um, you know, what we, what we've said all along is that, and you know it's it's interesting because I, I I would have said this and I did say this to people the first week of July and I might have even said this to you the first time we talked um, that what we were looking to do in terms of how we built our staff and our team was bringing together people that had experience in esports had experience in traditional sports had experience in other you know other industries whether entertainment areas you know areas of the entertainment industry or otherwise but bringing a group, together a group of people that had experience in different areas, a group of people that's willing to check their egos at the door and nobody's coming into it saying that they have all the answers. Um, and we felt like that was the best way to build a successful organization where you find, you know, you find a way to, you know, to take the best things about, about esports, you know, take the things about traditional sports that can, you know, that can layer on and do make sense. Um, and then bring in outside perspectives there as well. And, you know, one of the things I'm probably the most proud of as we look back over the last six months um, are the people that we hired that fit that mold. Um, one of our first hires was Ashley Glassall. Her gamer, her gamer tag is Midnight. Um, so she's someone who um, had 10 years in the esports scene. Oh, she's, she's phenomenal. She's awesome. You know, 10 years in the esports scene. Um, she a long history with Optic Gaming as a content creator. Um, had just from Minnesota had just moved back to Minnesota um, as part of the shuffling that happened when um, when Optic was sold to IGC. Uh, so it was just, you know it was very serendipitous timing I think for you know for both her and us, but for us as a new team in a new league to have somebody um, with that level of um, of credibility in the scene was you know it was it was just amazing. Um, and then when we started talking to her, we got we got even more. Um, you know, more excited about the situation because she's just genuinely an amazing person and an amazing human being. Um, and she has a huge social media following. Um, you know, I'll talk more about that in a second. But you know, we would have wanted to hire and bring her on to play a key role if she had zero social media followers. Like she's that type of person. Um, you know, and then we hired um, in September as our vice president of marketing and creative, uh, Annie Scott Riley. Who uh, she was most recently the editorial director at Aveda, and prior to that um, had senior agency roles with a, with a couple um, big name agencies um, based in Minneapolis, or actually have national uh, reach as well. Uh, Carmichael Lynch um, being being the most recent one, um, and frankly, I think 
and is qualified to be to be a VP of marketing for any professional sports team. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, she was actually she's never worked in in esports or traditional sports, so we like the fact that she has this outsider perspective. Uh, but she also has been a gamer herself her whole life, so she can actually put on that the hat of a fan um, at the same time. Uh, and so, you know, for a long time, the staff was pretty much, you know, Ashley, Annie, and myself. And now we've expanded; we're up to thirteen people. Um, but even when, even today, but, um, but back then, when it was just the three of us, what we really liked was back to my earlier point we had these different perspectives, right? We had Ashley, you know, tried and true esports, Annie with that outsider perspective, um, and myself and, and the ownership group bringing the traditional sports perspective. Um, and all of us willing to check our egos, right? Whether it was, you know, when we would talk about what we wanted to do from content standpoint, and title didn't matter. Um, you know, it was just about let's come up, you know, what let's come up with the best, um, the best possible idea and the best way to engage with fans it's it's really kind of it's masterful what you guys have done from a staffing perspective um from a social media perspective from a content perspective um i'll i'll give you a a shameless plug yourself you know i've been so curious as how as how these organizations are built from the ground up you know you can learn a lot from score esports and like the history of phase and hundred thieves and how those organizations are built but you guys have built a podcast, Building Minnesota Rocker, and I listen to every episode because I am genuinely <laughs> Thank you. how this stuff gets started. I mean, it's really, it's truly fascinating. I mean, I'm obsessed with podcasts right now, and quite honestly, you and Ashley get on there and do such a fabulous job of literally giving a step-by-step playbook of how this thing is built. And so, you know, I get, get reached out to for a, a lot about, you know, how these things are getting started, and you guys are um, not just doing it in a really, really unique way, but you're giving everybody the playbook. You're you're telling people how you're doing it from the inside. I'm sure, there's some things that you're not putting out there, but um, it's really great content, and I love I love listening along. Um, yeah, in- I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, we we tried to be, you know, we we've tried to just be as open and transparent as possible, and just to you know to put ourselves out there and and answer questions when we can. Um, you know, and then part of it is just kind of putting on the lens of if, if I didn't work here, what would interest me about it? Um, and trying to look at it through that lens. Um, you know, one thing, I, one thing I want to come back to, to, you know, was talking about our staff, you know, Ashley and Annie were our foundation. They were the first two that we, that we hired. Um, but even now I've been, I've been just continually, um, impressed by the, by the quality of of people that are interested in working with this team. We, we hired uh, Chris Vanderbeek as our director of events and business operations. Chris was most recently with the Minnesota Timberwolves as their director of live events. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been producing, you know, the show for NBA games. And so now he's going to be doing that for our first event um, that we're going to have. We just hired last week, um, Ali Rooney as our digital marketing manager. And this is another person who she could hand, she can do that role with any, any professional sports team. And obviously Chris just did. Um, so we have this core staff that we're building up and lots of other talented people as well. Um, but this core staff of, of people that are, you know, they're every bit as qualified. And I say this with enormous respect for, you know, I'm actually sitting in the Vikings offices right now. Cause I've got a meeting after this at the Vikings. Um, so enormous respect for, um, for that organization. I mean, everybody there is phenomenal. Um, what I've been excited about is I feel like we're hiring people that carry those same qualifications 
um, and and could and could without question do those jobs for an NFL team or an NBA team or an NHL team. But they all have, you know, I think everyone that comes on board with this has, you know, has a common, you know, a little bit of a common DNA of, you know, having a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit, um, being able to take, you know, take a little bit of a risk in your career to go from, um, you know, to go from the Timberwolves to to esports or the Vikings to esports. So frankly, I don't really think it's that much of a risk. I think it's a no brainer, but um, you know, you have to kind of have that mentality and be excited by the idea of building something from the ground up. For sure. Um, so I, I want to understand, or at least try and pick out a couple key things that you're seeing from the people that you're hiring from the traditional sports side. Uh, quite honestly, I think that the ticket sales industry is one of the one of the great jobs that you can start with in your career because learning to sell is one of the most important things I just think for, for long-term anything from when it's selling a product to selling yourself. Um, so I do think that those particular roles are going to transfer over to esports. but then again, I don't know how much, you know, ticket sales in the long term, you know, as VR and stuff gets built out, it's a whole other conversation, but um, ticket sales is one thing that I think will transfer over into the esports industry, guys who are doing those particular roles. Are there any, you know, I know we, we've talked about, you know, don't mimic traditional sports, but are there any particular skill sets, assets, things that are coming over from that side of things in the esports that have been beneficial that you've seen thus far? Yeah, you know, it's, and I would say the, you know, the, you know just speaking on the business side, right? Not the, you know, not the competitive side. You know, a lot of what needs to get accomplished is similar. You're just prioritizing things differently. Sure. You know, not, I mean, look, content is a high priority for every team, right? There's no, there's no sports team, esports, traditional sports where content is not a high priority. Um, it looks different in, you know, in esports than it does in traditional sports. And it's about, you know, I think it's really about taking the time to understand that. And that's something we, you know, we and, and I spent a lot of time when we were first starting out. Um, you know, as far as the roles themselves, a lot of when we're when we're when we were building our staff and starting to hire, you know, hire this group, you know, because you're building it up from scratch. We had an org chart, we had roles and responsibilities laid out, but every time we hired somebody, things shifted a little bit because sure. everybody's, you know, we hire you hire you hire one person. You know, we interviewed somebody for, um, you know, for Annie's job who was very well qualified, um, probably could have done a great job, but I felt like had too much of a similar skill set to me. Um, and so I didn't think that we would complement each other well because we were bringing, we would bring the same things to the table where, you know, and I mean, you know, I mean, Annie's qualifications are, you know, are amazing. I could talk all day about um, the work she had done in the past and the work she's doing now with us. Um, but one of the key things was when we hired her, um, and frankly, it was more of like us pursuing her and recruiting her rather than like the interviews were more like us selling her on, on coming to the team. Um, but you know, it was, it was the, um, the fit was largely driven by the fact that, you know, that I felt like she brought experience and strengths that were different from mine and that, that, it, that we would complement each other well, as we built, you know, what needs to be, you know, a very strong marketing machine to make this successful. So I, find it, I just find it all very interesting, right? I just, I, I like, I like, I love the way that you're hiring where, you know, that when I was going through the, the job process, as you know, when we first connected, I was still at access replay and 
um, you know, I was I was interested in in, in coming onto the team. But you're you're one of the earlier people that didn't ask me if I had esports qualifications in my resume, which I had just gotten. But there is a lot of hiring process in this industry right now that is locked in. I mean, it is like if it's not on your resume, then I can't look at it. I have to look at resumes that have yeah. it. And so that yeah. like I went out and I got I took my free role and I was like, I, I was like, listen, you don't have to pay me a single thing. Just allow me to put it on my LinkedIn and put it on my resume. Um, and and yeah. my first boss was, was gracious enough to let me do that. But um, yeah. I do think that's one of my that's one of my struggles. That's one of my hurdles right now with the industry is that um, can sometimes be a little closed-minded about the hiring process based on what's on your resume and there's not one one thing esports related it sometimes can get brushed to the side yeah you know it's it's a balance right and even when we were starting out when it was you know just me and the ownership group talking about our strategy we we said from day one look we need to make sure we get a a call it a cumulative level of esports expertise and experience in as part of this organization and at the time, we didn't know what that was or what that would look like or feel like and what the roles would be. Um, now, bringing somebody like Ashley on board as one of the first hires, now suddenly we had like our esports sounding board, right? right? I mean, she's as you know, you know, very plugged in with the Call of Duty. I mean, she is the Call of Duty community, right? I mean, that's, you know, yeah, yeah. she embodies it. Um, you know, so having somebody like that as a sounding board, um, and we've certainly hired other people um that you know that that have the esports experience um but but when we brought her in um it allowed us i would say you know flexibility where we didn't you know we wanted to make sure it was somebody that was a big part of it is just being interested sure. being interested enough to learn it right and humble enough to learn it right and it gets back to that philosophy of hiring people who will check their ego at the door um but, you know, as we, you know, and Annie's kind of a good example of a hybrid where um, she she had not worked in esports, but she was a gamer. She had played, you know, like, I mean, she came, I went to a Vikings game with her and I went to a, went to Overwatch uh, Grand Finals with her. And she was far more excited to be at Overwatch Grand Finals than she was the Vikings. Like you, you can tell very clearly, um, you know, so, you know, as we've gone, we've hired other, you know, other staff as well that, um, you know, that have you sports experience or, you know, you know, being in the scene or, or just very dialed into it. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, every organization has to kind of chart their own course and has to, you know, it's about finding, having people that complement each other well. Um, and, that, you know, I think we've done, you know, I think we've, that's probably the thing that I'm most proud of, of, of as I look back over the last six months. Um, is that group of staff that we brought together um, an incredibly talented group, and you know, we've got we've got more to come. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, um, by the way, if you guys are watching, you got you got ninety people watching you right now. So, uh, all right, yeah, you're, you're 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 pushing the record. The record, I think, is like one sixteen. You may we may get there. Um, if you you're uh, what, what do we what do we need to talk about to get there? What's uh, what are some spicy <laughs> topics? Let's uh, it's controversial. Um, yeah, yeah. It's not enough, enough of Brett just uh, just yeah, kissing all his staff's ass. Like, let's uh, let's talk about something hardcore. Come on, yeah, right? Um, if you well, if you've got questions, because I want to get some questions in here too. So if you've got questions, yeah, please. Brett, please start uh, please start throwing them in the chat. 
Uh, and um, I, I, I am going to have to run in, in uh, six minutes. For, okay, um, cool. I've got a hard out at, uh, at 9.30 my time. But, yeah, let's, cool. let's, let's no ask some questions. We'll, uh, well, I'll ask – as questions start to come in, I want to just ask one question myself. Um, what are some things that you're seeing from an esports side of things that traditional sports can kind of take notes on? What's, what's being built on your side of things that could go back to what you were formerly doing? You know, I would say it's the it's the importance of one to one connections with the fans. Um, and I would say I was actually had a meeting yesterday with somebody in, in the traditional sports world who who kind of said, what's the big difference? What's the biggest difference? And I would say that in esports, the fans, the, there's an expectation level among the fans. And I don't I say that in a good way, an expectation level of direct interaction and a personal relationship with the team um, and with the players. And that just comes from, you know, from the realities of, of this, of this industry growing up on Twitch and, and social media. Um, it, you know, it's something that we recognize the importance of early on um, during the first few months, you know, I personally, because it was just me responded to, to the extent possible, every Twitter comment, every DM, um, you know, once that, once we got a bigger follower count that became harder, um, but that's a high priority. And we, I would talk to some people from traditional sports and I would, you know, mention it would, that would come up in conversation that we were doing that. Um, and they're, and, you know, they'd say, how much time are you spending? That's like, you know, basically from 11 PM to 2 AM, you know, to 2 AM at night, I'm just replying to comments on Twitter. Um, and they'd say, well, is that a good use of your time? You know, you're the COO, you got to be more strategic. It's like, yeah, it is a good use of your time because we need to build this fan base, literally one fan at a time. Sure. Um, and so that's, you know, that's an outlook that I think, um, you know, I think traditional sports, some teams do it right. And some teams right. do a great job of it, but I think that's probably, you know, if I went back to traditional sports tomorrow, that would, that would, would maybe be the biggest takeaway is, you know, don't just talk about, don't just talk about establishing a personal relationship with fans because every team talks about it, you know, do go, it. Go do it. Interesting. Interesting. Very cool. Um, all right, you've got a question, good friend of mine, David Fraser from Gamers Outreach, who I'm sure you'll bump into at some point. Um, how did you decide on the team name? I will put a plug in. There is an episode about this on the podcast. <laughs> if you want to give the rundown, I'm sure yes. you get a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we started from a place um, of we wanted it. We wanted something that was unique, right? right? And we wanted a name that wouldn't be something that you would find in, you know, in frankly, in traditional sports, we didn't want a name that, you know, could easily be an NBA team or an NFL team. Um, but at the same time, we didn't want to get too cute with it and try to, you know, try to come up with the next optic or the next hundred thieves, you know, these iconic names in the scene. Like if you try to, if you try to think of that in a boardroom, you're going to come up with something really stupid. Um, so we spent a lot of time, the Vikings design team um, led by Aaron Swartz, uh, who, who is phenomenally talented, her entire team is phenomenally talented. Um, Dane Kuhn um, built, uh, did the original design of our logo. Um, and he's actually, you know, come in the process of transitioning from the Vikings to work full time with us. So uh, awesome to have, um, to have him coming on board. Um, but we spent a lot of time looking at different paths of names, looking at themes tied to, um, you know, to Northern themes, Norse mythology, we started going down this Norse mythology track. Um, and we landed around themes around Ragnarok, which is the end of the world in Norse mythology. 
Now that word spelled out is Ragnarokr and translates as twilight of the gods, rocker being the twilight part. Um, so that's, uh, that's the history behind the branding. Um, the logo itself, as you can see, you know, we describe it as a mysterious helmeted figure emerging from <laughs> shadows of deep purple and black. Um, but even there's a lot of creativity within the logo that again, you know, this is far beyond my creative bandwidth, but that Aaron, Dane and, and their team came up with. So the blue ac the blue accent is, is intended to be the moonlight hitting it from the side. And then the eye is the moon lighting the figure from within. Wow. That is sweet. That is so cool. <laughs> you know, I'll, 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 everyone dump your address in the link because, uh, you know, Brett's going to send us all swag, right? <laughs> um, you got it. You got it. Got, you got one minute. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll ask the last one. What can, Any insider information, any tips, hints as to what's going to be happening in Minnesota in, uh, in late January? Yeah, yeah. I no, appreciate the chance to end on that. So, Call of Duty League launch weekend, January 24th to 26th. All 12 teams in the league coming to Minnesota, starting the new season, kicking it off um, in downtown Minneapolis at the Armory, which is an amazing venue. I know um, it. For those who haven't been there, yep, you know it well. That played, it's been uh, you know, heavily involved in the Super Bowl and your old, your old crew. Um, so it's going to be exciting. You know, we're going to have every team in the league in. Um, that's only going to happen a few times each year. Uh, it's just an incredible opportunity for us as a new organization, a uh, new team to to start this off um, by hosting the first event. And you know, we couldn't be more excited to welcome the fans, um, to welcome the fans to Minnesota and 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 show you know sh show them what what our what our team and and our city is all about. I will say that if you're worried about the cold, uh, my my pitch was always like about three miles of that city is within a tunnel. Um, and it's easy to, to hop around and it's really not that bad That's in true. January. That's uh, true. It's a fabulous city. I mean, congratulations to, to you and all that you've done. I think, uh, everyone is in here is pulling, pulling for your success. And, um, if anyone wants to find you, uh, on socials or anywhere else, where, where can they find you? Oh, sounds good. Um, yeah, uh, it's, um, our, so I'm about to get kicked out of the conference room, my man. Um, okay. so, uh, you can follow us uh, at Rocker, uh, R-O-K-K-R is the team. And then mine is at Diamond underscore Soda, S-O-T-A. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we got the podcast. Uh, we've got our, our our LinkedIn page is Wise Ventures Esports, since that's the parent company. So you can check us out there. Love it. Great, man. Well, thanks so much for doing this. And uh, we'll follow up with Brett and, and keep up with the, uh, with the Rocker. Good luck this season, my man. All right. Thanks, Herb. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate the chance to chat. Absolutely. See ya.